0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek Hey, this is Matt Lesher This is Phil Lamar
1: Hey, this is Rob Taylor, A.K.A. The Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live
0: Welcome to an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live, I'm your host Juwan and today we have a extremely, extremely different kind of format, um, but a fun show nonetheless. And what I mean by different format is we're going to kind of be doing things a little different. It's going to be kind of like a geek uh, round table talk, Um, so it'll be less about top news topics per se. You know, of course, when something breaking comes out, we'll throw it in there. Um, but it's going to be more of a conversation amongst friends um, about stuff we're passionate about. Um, so if you guys listen and you're like, oh, you guys didn't cover that, maybe it was something we didn't really care about. Um, so um, I think this is, this is something that will be good for us um, because every topic will be something we're passionate about. Um, and will be something that you'll get, you know, 100% from us rather than Tia, me and you have had topics that I was like, Tia, what do you think? You're like, "Uh uh uh-huh. You're like, Juwan, what do you think? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, structuring it like this helps that we don't have moments where we're talking about something clearly we just don't care about. Um, But all right, let's introduce our panelists,
1: starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? I now decree this the geeks of the roundtable. Um, I like hey it. Hey, guys. Thank you. How's everyone doing tonight? Really excited to kind of discuss everything that that's on the agenda. And I, I like the new format. As you said, Juan, we are not wasting time with topics that we're not necessarily enthusiastic about.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, You know, I just I I want us to be more comfortable with everything that that we're doing on this show. And, you know, it it just bothers me sometimes when I'm I'm looking at the topics that like Kanan gives me or Joel gives me. And I'm like, I really don't care about any of that, (laughs)
1: like,
0: you know, but, you know, this way it'll just be a lot more fun. But I'm also introducing the king of horror, Dom. What's going on, Dom?
1: Hey, hey, hey,
2: everyone. How is everyone? I'm doing good. It's
0: Tuesday. I wish it was Friday, but, you know, that's how the week works. Unfortunately, that's how the week works, Dom. It doesn't (laughs) go from Monday to Friday. What a world we live in. Um, But, all right, let's get right into it. Um, We got some trailers to talk about. I want to start with the one that I would say broke the Internet, but not in the way you think. I've never seen more people – Divided, more people uh, being speculative for weird reasons. And I'm talking about the teaser we got for the Batman. Um, I want to say this before I pass it to you, Tia. I think when Joker did it, um, where you got the, the song of him looking around and then, you know, you see him in the clown paint, uh, it was a way to um, get ahead of it. So when you saw set photos, you know, that might not have looked the best. We weren't judging those. We got the official look of what Joker is going to look like. So we could say, all right, that's what he's going to look like. Doesn't matter what the set photos show us, we're good. Birds of Prey did that. It ultimately showed us what they were going to look like in the movie. And, um, you know, Tia, me and you weren't that blown away by it. But I ended up seeing the movie and I loved it. I loved the way that they looked. I loved the actors and actresses that they picked. Um, and now the Batman is done. Uh, You know, Warner Brothers is like, hey, at some point probably this Batman (laughs) suit is going to leak and it might not look the best. I don't want that to be the first thing that people see of our Batman. So what do we do? We will leak, you know, not leak it, I'm sorry. We will release a little teaser so you get a feel of what he's going to look like. You know, the kind of presence, the aura that he kind of gives off. Um, And I'm curious here, did you think this was a smart uh not marketing move even though it technically is marketing, but do you think it was a smart move? So Warner Brothers seemingly for the past three movies has been creating their own narrative um as far as, you know, getting ahead of um leaked set photos.
1: Wait. That was the teaser for the Batman. It wasn't the upcoming Daredevil movie that uh, we're all expecting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> Just because of the red. I mean, as soon as that happened, I saw everyone, and obviously we are all just having fun with that. I just thought it was incredibly funny. But, um, you know, the thing is with the Batman, I feel that while it was Great! It was great for the Joker. That was amazing because it was a whole, it was a whole new look than we were used to, uh, you know, seeing the Joker. Um, and then obviously with Birds of Prey, uh, I think that it was smart to have that first look kind of with them. But this is Batman, very iconic, and this is one of this. And, and I get what you're saying, Joanne. Like create your own narrative. Because the one thing that comes to mind is remember when we all saw those set photos for Titan, and how awful everyone thought they all looked, and they did. Those set photos did not do the show justice at all. And I understand them wanting to kind of create their own narrative that they know that people are going to take pictures. I mean, look at what's happening with the Suicide Squad. And we practically... I bet we could piece together what that movie's going to be about with all of the behind-the-scene photos that have been taken. But for some reason, I think I would have much rather preferred to see it revealed officially outside of that little bit of a teaser. Like, it, what I mean is in the trailer or even in the movie where everything is done and official. They have the effects going in. I mean, it's still a good – it was nice seeing – Robert Pattinson in the Batman suit. Sometimes I forget this is Robert Pattinson as uh, our next Bruce Wayne, but I didn't hate it. I actually liked what I saw so far of the suit. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Christopher Nolan Batman suit along with the video games of the Batman suit, and I, I liked so far what I saw of it. And you know, I just I think that we could have waited just a little bit longer to have a first reveal. That's just me personally, but it definitely did what they wanted people to do, and that was talk about it, speculate, hype about it. And in that case, if this works for DC, because we were just talking, uh, you know, before the show happened, that DC, you know while it has a certain sort of reputation, has been doing well for the past five movies. And if this sees to work for DC, then kudos to them. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I'm going to say this to you. It's never a bad time to show me something Batman. Like, legit, <laughs> never. Um, but, I mean, it's one of those things to where it's like doing this is important um, because, to piggyback off what you said, what made Titans so bad uh, in that first season was we all thought. I know me and Joel said this to each other. We were like, "Well, they're in street clothes. Like, you know, what's wrong with that?" Like, I'm sure they'll be in their comic ass uh, accurate costumes, and only Robin was for season one. Um, and it just it it looked bad. I mean, I thought it still looked um <laughs> uh, when I watched the actual show. You having Starfire look like a hooker is just Never a good idea, uh, because it's just it's so weird. Like she could have had jeans on, she could have had shorts on, she could have had you know uh, a better looking dress, a nicer looking dress on. It was just why did you make her look like that? Like why? <laughs> you know, like you went out of your way to you just make her look that weird. Um, and it was just it, it didn't really make any sense. Um, so it didn't didn't do itself any justice that what we saw was what they actually looked like. Doing what you did with the Joker, brilliant. Why? Because I saw some of those set photos. The set photos didn't look bad at all for the Joker, um, mainly because it's really hard to make set photos of a guy that just has face paint on um, look bad. But, um, you know, we could have had maybe a shot out of context or something like that. But it's it's good to create your own narrative. Because I can tell you right now, a lot of the talk was, what is he going to look like? You know, what is he going to look like? What is the laugh gonna be like? So you eliminate one of those, you know, one of those topics of conversation to where you're creating your own narrative. Boom, here it is. Whether you you know, if if you don't like it, maybe we'll pull a sonic, we'll hear about it, maybe it's something we touch up in production. Um, pray, getting the first look of what, what they're gonna look like. A lot of people didn't like what Harley looked like. Um a lot of people <laughs> we saw on Twitter today they still don't like what Harley looked like, but um it's just it's good as a studio that continuously allows the media to create your narrative, to create your own narrative, get get your own thing out there. Um, if people don't like it, you can't control that, but you're at least getting ahead of it. You know, instead of us getting a leak of the Batman or anything like that, they said we'll release it. You like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. I thought this was I originally didn't have much to say about it. It drove Joel crazy. Because as soon as it came out, he messaged me immediately. So, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't really have an opinion. It it showed his chest. (laughs) It showed his chest, and it it didn't show his ears, uh, the Batman ears. It stopped right at the top of the head. Um, I'm like, it's in bright red, so I can't really see anything that well. I I don't have much to tell you, man. Like, at least Zack Snyder gave us a full shot of Batman. It, it, It looked very depressing, but it was still a full shot. So, you know, any judgment you wanted to create, you could have it because you saw the full look of the suit. So this, it took me like 80 times watching it, believe it or not, before I got an an honest opinion about it. Um, I still think the best thing out of this season trailer was the music. I've never felt, I've never heard something Batman related in a live action movie that I can close my eyes and just picture Batman. This did it for me. Like this was so gritty. This was so raw. Um, it just felt like Batman. Um, but, I mean, i watched it a few more times, and I'm like, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't really have any issues with it is, is my main thing. I mean, I'm with you, Tia. I, I originally, when I saw it, I'm like, I think I saw someone had posted, like, someone was trying to be funny, and they, like, they tagged me. They're like, yo, Daredevil's back. And I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Daredevil? And then I saw the the, the Bat logo on the chest, I'm like, this is someone trying to do, like, a cosplay of Batman. And then Kanan's like, oh, this is from Matt Reeves. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't watch it again now. Hold on. I thought it was Daredevil. Let me watch it again. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, Dom, I, I pass it to you, man. What what were your thoughts? Do you think this was a good move for, for Warner Brothers to get ahead of this? Um, do you feel like Tia? Um, you know, and, and how did you like the, the short little – was it fifteen,
2: twenty-three second teaser? Yeah, I, uh, I thought for one that it was kind of a because Matt Reeves, he seems to be a very um, like savvy, trickstery type of person. How he's been, how he had, you know, the way he released uh, who was playing the characters, and uh, you know, with the, with the red uh tent over the the video and it's close to Valentine's Day. Um, I I think that uh I think it it is I think initially at first I was like, okay, this is pretty cool, you know, he kinda has like cause, and especially the way that I don't know, it's it's weird that I got like his demeanor without him doing anything, but he looks like you know, a Batman that's not gonna take any shit. Um yeah. but I feel like with them doing this, I feel like it's, for one, that, like, they're going to keep doing little nuggets, you know, with the costumes until the movie comes out, maybe or maybe up until, like, three months before it comes out. But I also think that we're only getting a taste of what they're going to do because I feel like he's going to have more than one costume. Because um, I know, like, say, like, with Iron Man, you know, a lot of people – out of the fans, their excitement was, you know, every time you see him in a new movie, he has a new costume. Well, now that we've already kind of seen this one, and, of course, Matt Reed is going to want to step it up a little bit. And with this one being like a more grittier Batman, I I feel like he's going to have this costume that we see, but then later on it may be, you know, a updated version of whatever he's wearing in the movie. Or... That might be the final product, and he might have one before that suit. Um, but I do think it is—it's uh, smart that they. Um, every time you think you're about to like, it's gonna escape your mind. There's something that he tweets out that you're like, "Oh, Batman's coming! Batman's coming!" Um, now, now it's it feels like it's very early, but you know the year goes by a lot quicker than we think. Uh, so I feel that this is, a, this, and, and like, you know, since we since it's so early, it might be something he does and we might not see this at all. Um, so it is smart. Cause even if he doesn't use it, he still kind of gave you the, like you said, that creates your own narrative, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. So now people are not going to try to snake photos or leak video of what they see through the, Oh, well he, he's just going to show us anyway, so. It might be a preemptive strike on people trying to sneak paparazzi photos, even though they're going to do it anyway. But they're not going to have possibly the um, the want to, to do it that much more because he's just going to release it himself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would love it if they went all out uh, for these movies. Like, for example, I would love it if his road gallery, like, once every other few weeks, um, they release a snippet. Like, you, you have uh, Kravitz as Selena Kyle giving a line, and then you show a quick glimpse of her suit. Then you do, maybe next the month after, Nigma doing the same thing, and you get a quick glimpse of his suit. I feel like the more you, you build up, you build up, you build up. Like, these aren't bad things. Like, you showing me their suits. Like, one thing I want these movies to think of, uh, to think about, because I think they overthink when it comes to it. If you show me what the Riddler looks like, right, before the movie comes out, and then I see the movie, I'm not going to go, oh, I already know what he looks like. I'm not excited right. anymore. No geek has ever said that. Like, no <laughs> right. geek has ever said that. Um, you know, like, if, you, if, if Wanda gets her comic accurate suit in the Multiverse of, of Madness, and, you know, you release an official photo of it. I'm not going to go, oh, man, I wanted to save that for the movie. No, I'm going to go, yo, I'm, I'm excited for this movie. Like, she's going to look accurate. um. You know, so I'm like, that's never a bad thing. Like, it, it's not them holding black masks so tight. I'm like, you do know if you show it to me. Like, for example, Dom, you showing me Mysterio with the dome on, right? When we saw it in theaters, we were still like, man, they really pulled this off. No one really right. I saw it in the promo images. I'm not hyped anymore. <laughs> like, no one's ever said that. So I'm like, releasing that only builds hype. That's part of marketing. It builds the hype. People are like, oh, I need this movie. Look how dope Penguin looks. Look how dope Riddler looks. Um, and, you know, it just it eliminates all the problems that people create their own narratives of. Like, if you have Oswald say a little something, um, they were like, oh, that's what Colin's going to sound like. Oh, that's what Riddler's going to sound like. Like, none of this is bad. Um, and see, I'll even ask you like how much would you love it if um James Gunn released every every few weeks or whatever leading up to when the trailer drops for suicide squad if each each member had like a small little teaser like this um where maybe it's like they say like a little line and then like you get a quick shot of what they look like um to me, it only enhances the hype like it doesn't do any harm your movie. But I'm curious, Tia, do you, do you feel the same or are you kind of like keep it all bottled up to you release the trailer?
1: Oh, no, I'm completely with you. I think that would be really cool. I think I said in one of our previous podcasts that, you know, and this isn't just me saying it because, you know, obviously I love The Punisher, but before season one, I want to say for like some months beforehand every day that Twitter uh, page released something, some little snippet, uh, something to hype you up. And it wasn't maybe always footage of the actual season. They did audio recordings and stuff like that. They really teased it up that first season. And maybe if the DC and, uh, you know, Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, would be so happy if they did that. I think it would be really good in DC's, for them to kind of ad- adopt some something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it like this. Like,
0: <clears throat> if you do a shot of, like, all you hear is Bruce saying something, like, you know, I, I want revenge for blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, I'm on the spot, so I can't think of anything creative. But you have Bruce saying something, right? Like something really profound. And then you get a quick shot of him sitting in his chair with Alfred behind him. You don't think that would, that would drive the hype of, of everyone, you know, looking forward to this movie? Of course it would. And there's nothing bad about that. Like, that line he saying might not even be in the movie. It could have been something they just said purely for that teaser. Um, and I'm like, of course everyone's going to say, well, Juwan, you're saying that because you just want Batman stuff now. I'm saying this for any movie. Like, I'd love it for the Eternals, mainly because I don't know who the, hell the Eternals are. So I'm like, you giving me, like, little snippets leading up to when this movie comes out would be perfect. Um, you know, there's there's no harm in that at all. Um, you know, so I'm like, it, it'd be so much fun. People would get into it. You have your, you know, your little Instagram or Twitter that you put it out at. Um, or do something fun like Nygma, uh has, like, um... Clues every day Uh that if a certain amount of people get right, it leads to footage of the Riddler, you know? Um, oh, that's Certain awesome. things like that, getting interactive to where you're kind of getting people engaged, they're, they're getting hype, you know, something like that. That's why I say, like, marketing is something I, I, I feel as though I thrive in because I'm always thinking of two sides. One is the fan and then the other as – um the business side of it. That's why I always tell Joel I got to see movies twice. Because if it's a superhero movie, I see it once as a fan. So l- let me explain what I mean by that. When I first saw BVS, I saw it as someone who was extremely blown away by that first trailer, extremely blown away about how great I thought Ben's Batman looked, and extremely blown away about the idea of seeing Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman all on the same screen, right? So I left the theater. I remember my, you know what my post was, guys, as soon as I left the theater? Best superhero movie ever. You know what my response of was course. the second time I left the theater? and eh, not really. <laughs> 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 no, I was, I was, I was kind of wrong. I, I was kind of wrong on that. Um, so that's why I'm saying, like, to me, you have to see it from two lenses. It's very hard to do so. Um, but if you can, it's. it's it's something that's very important um, because if you could see it from a business standpoint of, all right, how much money is it going to cost to drive this, this social media experiment of doing riddles every day? got to pay someone to do it, doing riddles every day that leads to a, um, a, a teaser of the Riddler. Um, sure, yeah, but it wouldn't cost you as much as it would if you allow people to create their own narratives. Um, so I'm like, you know, just get behind that. Like, again, I told you guys, T. I I told you, I feel like well before it was even a thing, I thought Frozen was, was doing a horrible job marketing. <laughs> like, I said that from like so far out. I'm like,
1: I don't know how
0: this is, is going to work. <laughs> They're not marketing. I haven't seen anything. And I told you what bothered me the most was their last trailer came out so close to the release of the movie why would you ever do that? (laughs) If you needed to to touch anything up or anything, you're pretty much just saying, hey, what we got, it'll either work or it won't. Um, It's just never a smart smart thing to do in today's world where literally narrative means everything. Um, But before we move on, I did want to ask you, I'll start with you, Dom, Um, the Bat piece. You're not one of those people that, that believes that it's Joe Chill's gun, that he shot Bruce's parents with, and Bruce is now creating that as a symbol. Um, Are you one of those people that believes those are two handles, like, of of guns that he made into, like, a bat symbol? No, I thought it was just some kind of, like,
2: for lack of a better term, some kind of, like, steampunk type of just, like, what I had lying around to make this symbol type of, kind of like a grunge he gives, he gives me like the vibe of like a grunge Batman where it's gritty, it's dirty, nothing shiny or polished. Everything looks kind of like he's been punching concrete, and that just kind of added to the aesthetic. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even know where did I even come from.
0: A uh, bunch of fans were were theorizing about it, um, oh, okay. and, and it just it, it spun out. Um, but see, I asked you the same thing. Did, did you think that, or were you kind of just like, oh, he was just being creative with, like, his bat symbol. I
1: I don't even think that I thought that deeply about it. I saw all this stuff on Twitter about the, um, what you might call the theories of what it could be, two handles, and to be honest with you, I stared at that symbol for so long. I'm like, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and I saw, I'm like, am I just, like, not seeing this, however everyone else is seeing? Because I don't get where they came from and then obviously there was the big thing of uh uh, grace randolph doesn't know who joe chill is and everything and then that kind of you know gained legs on its own and i really didn't think i like um i like dom's kind of theory there it's just gritty uh anything steampunk i like he just took anything that he had put together. Uh, Obviously, Lucius Fox did not put this costume together for him. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Which, which is interesting because, um, apparently this suit is hand stitched. Apparently Catwoman's suit is hand stitched. Um, Flash's suit was hand stitched. So apparently Warner Brothers is really liking their heroes, creating their own suits. Um, I'm usually never really a fan of hand stitched. Um, but this is a first, our first time seeing Batman, so I'm fine with it. I just don't want to get to Batman 3, and you're still telling me he's hand-stitching his suits. <laughs> I would tell you um, there's a Lucius Fox guy somewhere. He should be somewhere around there <laughs> willing to help create a proper suit for Bruce. Um, but this is a good first suit. Um, I know the main thing I-, I told you all bothered me was when, when you see the, the people that put it in black and white, when it zooms up to his head, uh, the headshot, you see his eyes. I don't ever want to clearly see Batman's eyes. I like the white over his eyes. But I told you all, maybe some tech that drops down to where there's, like, white eyes and he uses it for, like, seeing through buildings or, or, or whatever. Um, so holding out hope for that. I'm just never a fan of it, only because I'm, like, the jawline shows, now you're showing the eyes. I'm kind of like if someone were to look Batman in the eyes, like talking to him, you can't really piece that together. Like <laughs> like imagine what Bruce would look like and then just go, all right, let me remove the mask with my mind. Oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne. Batman's Bruce Wayne. Um, so I'm, I like my mask to cover as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, I also had a – I was also saying I prefer Robert Pattinson with facial hair seeing him with no facial hair for his Batman kinda of bothers me a little bit too. Um so there's a lot of what I was expecting. I didn't get that I'm just had to get over. Um but all in all, I thought this was great for Matt Reeves. I thought this was great for Warner Brothers. Um it was the conversation of the last few days, so I mean it did it did its job. Um so now they could film without the, the stress of worrying about uh, an improper image getting out. Um now, whatever we see in set photos, we know, or we saw what it should look like. Um, so, you know, we can hang that up. But, um, all right, did you guys have, Dom, Tia, anything else you want to talk about, about the Batman? No,
1: nope, I'm good.
0: All right, let's move on. Tia, I'm going to pass it to you. We got a trailer for the all-new season of Altered Carbon. Uh, led by Anthony Mackie this season, not your man Joel Kinnaman. Um, so yep. you <laughs> the first
1: official trailer, I think, of
0: season two of Ultra Carbon?
1: Yeah, so they had released about a one-minute teaser previously to releasing the full um, actual trailer for season two. I have mm-hmm. put alter Carbon on my list for pretty much anything, that's sci-fi series, best uh, TV shows in 2017. I really love Altered Carbon. I love the science fiction, um, you know, background to it and everything. But so for anyone who doesn't know, just really quickly, we, this world takes place in the very future where um, everyone pretty much is immortal through the whole practice of switching, quote-unquote, sleeves, which is switching bodies. So, and Alter Carbon is based on a series of books. So the main character, Takeshi Kovacs, always changes sleeves. So while he was, say, quote-unquote, Joel Kinnaman in the first season, it was never intended for Joel Kinnaman to go further with that. It was always going to be a different person. And the fact that it's Anthony Mackie is really cool, I whenever you have a different actor who's trying to play the same character, you wonder how much of that is going to bleed into the next person. And honestly, after watching that trailer, I felt that Anthony Mackie really felt like Takeshi. I wasn't watching it and saying, oh, he's playing a completely different character. He's not doing it like Joel Kinneman is. I think that there is a really good switch to Anthony Mackie's whether Anthony decided to study up on season one or he spoke with Joel or whatever. But it's really cool because in season two, everything's going to be different, different sleeves. They're on a different world now. But the mission is slightly different because whereas in season one, uh, Takeshi believed that the love of his life is dead, he, spoiler alert, I guess, found out that the love of his (laughs) life is, is is indeed alive. So season two will be him in search of this woman who he's held this torch for for the past like 300 years. I liked it. It looked really trippy. It looked very much sci-fi, but it obviously is going to delve more into Takeshi's past, which always is kind of this big, huge mystery. He's lived for a very long time. He's lived in a bunch of different sleeves and he is just one That has mother effer. That's what is great about Alder Carbon besides the acting, besides the sci-fi myth, is the action sequences. Joel Kidman is, um, I believe in real life, like some sort of belt, whether it's black belt, blue belt, I don't know. But his action sequences and his fighting sequences were amazing. And I'm really interested in seeing how Anthony Mackie kind of translates that onto screen, which you would hope is good because he is our next Captain America. But from what we see in the Marvel movies, he seems to be doing pretty good in his own fight scene. So, yeah, I was really excited to talk about this. I know that uh, I don't believe either of you watched Alter Carbon, but if you like sci-fi shows, I certainly suggest it. Um, At the time that Alter Carbon came out, I think like a week later, that movie Mute with Alexander Skarsgård came out, and they were so freaking similar, but uh, Carbon did a way better job in kind of being in this futuristic cyberpunk dystopia. So I am pumped. It comes out, I believe, February 26th, and you bet I'm going to binge that probably in one day.
0: I actually did watch season one. I don't think I finished it. I don't remember if I did or not, to be honest with you. But I, I did watch most of season one. Uh, I thought it was an interesting concept. Um, you know I'm just not for just random sex scenes. So a lot of that put me off. But oh.
1: um, <laughs> I
0: thought the I thought the action was great. I thought the story was really interesting. Um, I thought Joel Kinnaman did really good. Um, but... I am not the biggest Anthony Mackie fan. I, I've never been. Um, so I'm like, ah. I, I don't I do that. Music. Yeah, I've never really been the biggest Anthony Mackie fan. I kind of feel like his acting is not really that good. Um, but, I mean, action-packed is what I do. I mean, I told you guys I paid money for a triple-X Vin Diesel movie. So, I mean, obviously acting can't be that much of an issue for me. Um, so, I mean, you know, when this comes out, it'll definitely be something I check out specifically so you have someone to do a review with to you. I promise you, I'm going to get the Narcos. I promise you. Well, um,
1: the good thing but, is that, uh, I was going to say, the good thing is that Kelly is also a fan of Ultra Carbon, so I'm not oh, alone perfect. on okay. that front. <laughs> All
0: right, perfect. I don't have any pressure now. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's definitely something I'm going to check out. So I don't want to make it sound like it's one of those shows I don't really have any interest in. I thought it was very innovative what they did with the first season. Um, So I'm curious to see what they do with the second season. It just might not be something i watch the day it comes out. Maybe I'll dedicate like a Sunday night or Sunday evening or something to it, Um, but I'll definitely check it out. It definitely was a really good trailer.
1: Um, really quick, it, it's interesting that I feel like there would be a lot of pressure on Anthony Mackey because if you think about it, he's kind of taking over two roles in Ultra Carbon. He's taking over Joel Kinneman's role. Um, and I believe that when Ultra Carbon came out, um, I'm not sure, it could just be that I lived in my bubble with how much I loved it, but I believe that there was a very good, like, critical response from the first season, and then now he's also taking over, say, for Chris Evans as Captain America. So I would imagine, or maybe I'm just wrong, but that Anthony Matthew would feel a little bit of pressure for, you know, the fact that now he's showing up and taking over for these two big roles. Both, uh, well, both technically in TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to, to see what what his thoughts were on that. I think the pressure would come more so from Captain America just because of the lineage yeah. than than altered carbon. Probably. Um but um yeah, no, I I'd, I'd, I'd love for someone to interview him and ask that and and see what he see how he feels about that. Um I mean, he just did a remake with Frank Grillo. So I mean, you know, stepping in the shoes of someone that's done what you what you're doing before. Um, it's something that he's not new to, <laughs> apparently. Um, so it would be interesting to to hear his take on that. Um, Dom, I'll pass it to you. First question: Have you actually seen Ultra Carbon Season One, and your thoughts of the trailer for Season Two? I
2: have not seen Season One. Um, I did I did watch the trailer to this one, and the trailer looks really good. And the the thing about I think at the time when Altered Carbon, the first season came out, it went out right when I got into um, Black Mirror, and I completely, like, it's on my list still to this day, but I completely forgot about it. But when I saw The Treads of the first season, I knew it was something that I would like because it kind of, um, I'm into science, so, you know, I had always read things about DNA splicing and, you know, transferring consciousness. And, you know, la- uh, over the past couple of years, they had talked about doing a head transplant with a guy. Um, so, like, the people, you know, no one wants to die. We all want to, like, live as long as possible. So when you're, you know, dealing with sci-fi and the fact of, like, people – changing, uh, different bodies so they can be the perfect form of, of, of a being. Uh, is very interesting. Um, so it's definitely something I'm going to go back and watch so I can enjoy season two. Um, because you know, when stuff is like somewhat of a reality, like this show is like there's roots in what they're talking about and to see it play out a certain way. Um, it's one of those things that's kind of scary because it's like that could be a possibility. You know, we, the, uh, satellites came, uh, was an idea, uh, by the author of, um, I want to say like invasion of the body snatchers or something like that. And then, you know, the, the government or scientists were like, Oh, satellites, that's a good idea. And then we made satellites. So there's things, you know, in these types of, uh, movies and TV shows that is, um, very genius because it kind of uh, predicts the future in a way. Um, You know, we saw, we all saw or read iRobot and then now AI is like the talk of, you know, the G7 summit and the Bilderberg groups, you know, little thing. Like, so like something like this is something that (laughs) we should like pay attention to because somebody is going, if they, if they think it's a good idea, Um, and there's, like, some tangible way that this can happen in some form or fashion, there's some billionaire that's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to die, so I'm going to try this thing. Um, So, yeah, I I think that show, um, it looks like it could be, like, it looks like one of those shows for me that's, like, very slept on because clearly after seeing this new trailer, uh, their they their budget is pretty pretty hefty, um, and it looks amazing. So yeah, I can uh, I'm gonna try to see if I can catch up.
0: Yeah, you definitely should. It, it's definitely uh, a fun show, and I would highly recommend everyone to checking it out. Joe Kinnaman did a really good job. Like I said, I can't remember if I finished it. I think I was maybe two episodes away from finishing it, but I did enjoy what I saw. Um, I know that sounds horrible, but I did enjoy what I saw. Uh, I just can't remember what the ending was. Um, that, that's the only thing that keeps stumping me. Like I remember almost everything else. just don't recall how it ended. Um, but I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think you would enjoy it, Dom. I think, Dom, if you have not seen it, me and T, I highly recommend The Outsiders. Um, that's also a show that is, not really being talked about as much as I would like it to be. Um, it is a really, really, really good show that has Daddy Mendelssohn at the helm. Um, and it's just a really great Stephen King adaptation. Um, you know, me being so hyped over Dr. Sleep last year, um, and then coming into The Outsiders, I'm like, this guy can't mint. It too was, was really good. Um, you know the Outsiders is really good. Tia, we're we're gonna have to do a podcast about that show soon. Dom, have you seen The Outsiders? I haven't.
2: It's on. It's on my list too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. You gotta let me know. I, I want. I want to yell at you for not seeing it yet, but then I I remember the fact that I've not yet seen Carnival Row, and everyone keeps saying, Yo, you gotta see it. It's really good." And I'm like, "I'll get to it." <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get to it. Uh, but hopefully I do. Hopefully I make time for it. Um, but all right. Uh, Tia, did you want to add anything else about ultra con- Altered Carbon?
1: No, I'm good. All
0: right. Um, I did see in the trailer my, my girl from Power that played Angelo in Power is, is in it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm digging it. I want to see what she does in it. Um... So this is another thing for me to be extremely excited about for for season two, but um, all right, let's move on to our main topic. Um, Dom, I'm actually gonna let you intro this topic since it was your great idea um to add it into our topics. Uh, I think it's a very important conversation. Um, so Dom, take it away. All right, so um,
2: we all know that social media um. We all knew it was important at one time, but now it's becoming like a driving force into how we see and are presented things on a daily basis. And um, now we're seeing that social media is playing a part in how uh, movies are, you know, celebrated and/or changed. So we have. You know, we, we saw the trailer for, saw the, the images and trailers for Sonic, and then there was a social media backlash that altered the movie in a way where they had to redo the whole thing and push the release date back. Uh, we had the movie The Hunt that uh, once it was, now it had a little bit to do with some shootings, but with Trump tweeting and other people, part of his base, who were upset, the movie got shelved and got pushed back to uh, this coming up March. We had Joker get um, negative reviews, but with social media, it uh, skyrocketed to being this billion-dollar movie. And then we have uh, Birds of Prey, that it was not marketed poorly in such a way that with just the social media backlash that the name has been changed at least uh online and on ticket websites from Birds of Prey the Emancipation of Harley Quinn to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. So social media has become more than just a tool for us to talk and share pictures, but is now a <laughs> driving force in how the outcome of uh, movies uh, and TV shows will do with negative and positive reviews.
0: Absolutely. I was looking for the clip to play from Margot Robbie, but I'm like, I don't know how loud it's going to come in Um, and I don't (laughs) look stupid. Um, But Margot Robbie on the show, hot ones, the show where you eat wings that try to kill you and talk about stuff. um, She alluded to this. I mean, the guy had asked her, you know, how 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 much does the effect of social media kind of like sway what you guys do for for your your marketing? And she's like, it's very important. We have a whole team that scours the internet um, to try to kind of get a gauge of what'll work, what won't work. Um, and her saying that is important because, I, again, I don't think marketing is talked about enough because I don't think people truly understand the the degrees of marketing, what goes into marketing. I think people just go, oh, the trailer drop." That's not all marketing is. Like, marketing is the idea of, like, what really good marketing is is the fact that Geico has had hit commercials for about, I don't know, 90 years. And not one of them has had anything to do about a car or anything. <laughs> it's been a Geico talking to you, like, uh, about car insurance, but he's never in a car, usually no cars. I mean, they had a long stretch where it was just cavemen. Um, so I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, why would that make me think of car insurance? But believe it or not, when someone needs car insurance and they think of the Geico, they're like, oh, yeah, Geico, like the car insurance. Weirdly enough, it works that way. Um, so I'm like, that's good marketing. It's something creative enough that sticks in someone's head. And then when they need it, they go, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, movies aren't any different you want it to be something um, that kind of sticks in someone's head to whether the songs catchy. Like I thought the first guardians trailer was very catchy um, to where, you know, if I had not have known anything about the guardians, I would have wanted to know more purely off of how catchy that was. Um, it just has really good marketing. It's music alone brought in people. Um, so I'm like, it, marketing is very important. And like you said, Dom, um It made Sonic put all that money into recreating his look. Now, I'm like, I feel as though there were more people that complained about this look, that wanted a better look, than there were numbers at the box office. So I'm like, a lot of you complained and then didn't go see it. Um, So I'm like, that's, that's weird. Like, if you complained and they fixed it, go see what you complained about. Like, they fixed it for you. Um, and I'm like, it drastically looks better. I don't know who signed off on the first look, but it was like, wow, um, you don't get it. But um, no, I mean, sometimes it, it, it's, it's always going to be a tool. Social media will always be a tool that is supposed to be for good, but will always find ways to be bad. Um, and like I said, the best way to kind of try to control it is to create your own narrative. Um, that doesn't always work, but it, it's something that if, you do that. It's like they just have to live with it. See, I, I don't know if you remember. And I'm gonna pass the I don't know if you remember when the first Thor came out. A lot of people didn't really like how Chris Hemsworth looked. Um, a lot of people didn't like that Chris Hemsworth was Thor. Um, but I don't remember any of that leaking into the release of that movie. Like I just don't remember any bad press about that movie. Like none, none at all. Um, So I'm like, Marvel kind of has a way of creating their own narrative. Um, Now, some might say their own narrative is just creating a a string of great movies. Uh, It's like not really anything you have to say when you you have an impeccable stretch. Um, But Tia, what is your views on the effects of social media when it comes to movies? Have you seen it work a lot of times where it's been good? Because I know you've seen it like go drastically bad we could just sit and, and talk about DC when it comes to that but um have you seen it to where it works in benefit to the the studios
1: you know to be honest I'm trying to sit here and think and it doesn't necessarily seem like that's the case um, because we're we've just used the example of you um, you know, Harley, Harley Quinn and, you know, the Birds of Prey, Sonic, I mean, it is funny because I I see a lot of people who say that social media literally bullied the Sonic movie into, uh, you know, making a move, but to be honest, that was a decision that was so horrific it shouldn't have even existed in the first place. It should have been the actual outcome that it is now, but I guess, if you want to say has social media had any sort of positive effect while, while people really said really nasty things about Joker or made all these sort of assumptions, I feel like that type of social media response actually made a certain, uh, you know, certain group of people more excited to go see it. It's like, okay, well, I want to see this movie that, everyone seems to have a problem with. And maybe in that way, social media had a positive outcome to the Joker movie. I feel that people still would have went to see it, obviously, those who are fans of Joker, those who are fans of Joaquin Phoenix. But I do want to say that there had to have been that little bit of curiosity there based on such a social media um, outcry for this one movie So maybe in that sense, you can say that that is where social media had a positive effect. Maybe not intended, but what is the old saying? Um, That any press is good press, or bad press is good press, something like that. Where even
2: though,
1: yeah, exactly. So in that case, it helps. Captain Marvel had a lot of negativity surrounding it just because people wanted to be negative about that movie and I think maybe that made the response stronger for people to want to go to the movies to go see this movie so I guess in that case, while it was unintentional because people wanted to do the opposite, right? For say Joker and Captain Marvel, people took to social media because they wanted people to not go see the movie and instead it ended up having the complete opposite effect. But besides that, um, I don't really see the positivity most of the time when it comes to this. Social media is really strong and can make a shit ton of decisions. You can say that the decision to fire James Dunn last year was all based on probably a social media outcry. So it is really interesting the strength that People have on the internet in making decisions essentially for these big, massive studios where, what, 10, 20 years ago, they wouldn't have given a shit what anyone really said. They would have just made their movies. But because now people have a voice and they can put that voice out there, they're doing what they need to do, and it's being determined by um, the response that they see online.
0: Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, and I was saying this to my dad, because I hear hear this a lot with, with, uh, you know, the the older generation of how too sensitive to this, to that. And I'm like, you got to keep up with the times, right? So if something is bothering someone, like we have a platform, right? The three of us have a platform. So if I came out and said something about, uh, let's say, white people, right? And the next day on Twitter, everyone went crazy. I can't say, "Oh, come on, you're like you're being too dramatic." No, we'll be canceled in a second, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm like, you have to be cognizant of things you say have repercussions more now than ever. Anything could be offensive to someone. But the biggest thing I learned throughout the years is you can't dictate. What is offensive to someone else? Um, For example, I'm at the comic book store having a great conversation with the 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 comic uh, the store owner. Sorry, and he asked me something that highly offended me. But to someone else, they might say, "Oh, well, it was just a question." He, you know, we're having a great conversation about sports, politics, whatever. And he goes, "What college did you go to? You sound really intelligent." Now, I took that as like you had to have gone to college for you to sound that intelligent. Like, you couldn't have just, like, been smart, you know? Um, now, some people might say, "Oh, you know, you being a little dramatic. he didn't really mean it like that. I'd personally offended by it. But at that point, if I had told him I was offended, he couldn't then tell me I didn't deserve to be offended by it. That's not up to you, you know? So I'm like, if uh, a movie like The Hunt being released uh, affected people, uh, just like Punisher, Tia, so yeah, you remember that. You remember the whole... Pushback of Punisher um, Even when it finally did get released You oh, still absolutely. had a lot of people pushing back on it But you know what we couldn't do to you Well I'm, let me speak more so for myself I feel like I couldn't say Oh get over it It's a superhero show Like, it, No because I'm sure there are people Who were affected by Shooting you know So I'm like it's insensitive for me to tell them Like hey I really want to watch this show So like get it together it's insensitive to think like that, you know? Um, But I don't want to make it seem like there aren't people that use that in a bad way. Um, Like, I do believe there is a such thing as a statute of limitations. If someone dropped a tweet 20 years ago, that does not necessarily mean they feel the same way today. Um, They could have been in a completely different headspace 20 years ago. So if you're digging up tweets from 10 years ago to hold someone to, I think that's a little unfair, especially if they haven't been doing anything like that since that tweet. Um, so I mean, there's ways to where it, it kind of is like, all right, now you're using it as a weapon. Um, if you're using it as a shield, it's like, okay, you're offended by it. Maybe you knew someone that went through that. So it's a little insensitive. Um, but it's when you start to use it as a weapon. Like, I, I feel personally, they weaponized Kevin Hart. Um, it was a tweet from years ago. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, what he said was okay or whatever. Um, but if he has not said anything like that publicly, social media, his comedy, um, anything like that, since that tweet, why are we digging up 10 years ago? <laughs> like, like, that just was like... I kind of feel like you're you're stretching just just to attack this guy, um, but Dom, I want to go back to you. Do you feel as though it was the right move for the Hunt to to push itself back, or do you feel on the vein of, you know, it's 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 a movie, you know, it, it's not really that serious. Just release it because it's going to come out at, at at some point. So I mean, you're going to be offended whenever it comes out. Um, they're not going to shelve. <laughs> 30 million dollars that it took to make this movie um you Mm. rarely get that um so are you more of the the mindset of why push it back because if instead of coming out in october comes out in april you'll still be offended come april (laughs) you know like that won't change like where do you kind of land on that
2: i um so i i think for the for the studio um because i believe it's uh like Jason Blum and, um, universal. And I want to say like, um, for them, you know, uh, Trump tweeted about it and he kind of took it as a win for himself, but no one, you know, and reading about, you know, how, you know, Blumhouse operates, they were clearly thinking of the victims of the shootings that happened. um, because they make horror and people are always going to be offended in some way about horror type of films. So I think it was more that those situations were fresh and new. And I think it wasn't even just the movie. I think uh, itself, I think it was the marketing they were going to use for the movie. And they were like, okay, this is a bad idea. Um, especially because it's called the hunt. Um, now you could, you know, I've seen arguments, um, you know, that the purge is, is similar. So as the purge is okay, but I was like, yeah, but the purge didn't just isn't about to come out. Um, so I think uh, I think they made the right move to like shelf it. I knew that they were gonna release it because I think it's a kind of an interesting idea, um, and I think they also they made a lot of moves because of, from what I've read and they didn't confirm it but they didn't deny it either but that the original title was red state versus blue state um right. and uh so the movie is supposed to be you know a satirical pol- socio-political type of uh movie and it's some it's meant to offend people and want you to talk and you know realize that you know certain things that we that people think are outrageous and this is how outrageous it is. But, you know, people, especially with marketing uh, and a movie like that, they're going to take it very literal as an attack. Um, And since literal attacks happened, yeah, I think they made the right move in moving it Um, because I don't think that's necessarily, you know, uh, a people being sensitive thing. I think it's just a kind of a respect for, you know those people that uh, lost their lives um so yeah i think they made the right move uh, i'm curious to see um, <laughs> what the backlash is going to be like now for that movie because of uh the new marketing or the new trailers they put out because the uh the new trailer you know has people talking about um you know Hillary Swank's character is like you know, I thought freedom of speech was still a thing. And the guy's like, don't first amendment me. So they're kind of mirroring all the arguments that we see on Twitter, on Reddit, and they made it to where she's saying that it's all, it was all, it wasn't a real thing, but then, you know, Gilpin's like, it's literally happening. So I, I think it's uh, I feel like they possibly changed. They did some reshoots to kind of make sure that, Hey. We need to make sure that they know that this person was trying to say that it wasn't really a thing um, because there's just, you know, a lot of people nowadays who take it into their own hands to recreate stupid things that they see and not take it for the entertainment or educational purposes that it's intended for. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, they made the right move. I think there needs to be a re-education for people, though, how to interpret anything, because everything can't be – everything's not literal. Some things are meant to be interpreted and for you to learn and say, oh, man, I'm, I'm stupid the way I've been treating these people. You know what? This movie taught me a lesson, but people are not realizing that that's the point. But – uh yeah, I'm curious to see what it's gonna what's gonna be like cuz now their whole thing is the the most talked about movie that's never been seen and I really hope that I can get a screening to that movie cuz I really want to see it. <laughs> when
1: yeah, I mean um they first go ahead. Sorry, John.
0: <laughs>
1: no, 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 go I was going to say when they first released the original trailer for the Huns, I don't know what's wrong with me. Did I I just maybe I just didn't and like before, I just didn't read that much into it. Um, I, it was only till after where I saw the big backlash. But to me, it looked like the American version of Battle Royale. I don't know if either of you have seen Battle Royale, but it's probably one of, like, my favorite movies um, with this whole concept of a bunch of people just being thrown, uh, you know, in, in a area together and forced to, you know, then kill each other. <laughs> um, so I thought that was like a cool Blumhouse idea. And then suddenly it was like oh, big thing. And then as Dom said, the original title was uh, Red State versus Blue State. So I guess I could see that, but um, I am happy that it's coming out. I had thought that that was one of those things that they were just going to scrap the movie entirely um, but if they postponed it because there was uh, a shooting around that time, I completely understand, but I'm happy that it seems like it's back on track to be released so that we can at least, you know, let people have their own opinions about movies instead of trying to dictate what people can see or what they can't see. Um, let it come out and let people watch it and see what they think about themselves. Yeah, but I mean that, that that's also um,
0: the importance of marketing because if you marketed yourself enough for a lot of people to feel offended, you weren't doing you weren't doing your job properly. Uh, especially if the theme of your movie doesn't match with what your marketing was. Like if you're trying to say like no 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 we weren't trying to do that. Well, your marketing offended a lot of people enough that it affected you enough to be pushed back. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm always of the mindset of there's something that's always going to bother someone. So you have to, at that point, make the decision of, if I drop it now, it's going to be affected. If I wait and drop it, it's going to be affected. Like those people don't go away. Um, maybe they're not as loud as they were before because they don't have all that momentum of the events just happening. So like, that's all the talk. Um. But, I mean, you're still going to have people that come out and say, this movie shouldn't come out, and blah, blah, blah. So, I'm like, you at that point I have to make the rash decision. Um, I'm not here to say whether or not the decision was the right idea. Um, only because if it comes out, when is it supposed to come out, Dom? April? Was it, was it April? Um, March 13th. March? Oof. So it's around the my same birthday.
1: Time.
0: Um, <laughs> happy happy early birthday to you. It comes out around the same time as um Deadshot. No, what, not Deadshot. Bloodshot. Sorry, I, my brain just went completely blank. Comes out around the same time as Bloodshot. So it's like, I I think it's just fair fine. I think it picked a, a proper spot. Um, I mean, depending on how well the Invisible one, uh, the Invisible Man is, uh, because I mean, Bad Boys was number one for so like. Eight hundred weeks, so it's like Visible Woman could catch steam around the end of February. Head right. In. I still think it was poor for them not to put this movie out around Valentine's Day. I I, I do think that was a mistake, um, mainly because you could have played played off of uh, what happens when love goes wrong, and like you could have really built that up into something. Um, but towards the end of the month, I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. February is usually a weird month for anything to, to really come out January and February. Uh that isn't a romantic comedy. So we'll we'll see what it does. But um uh yeah, I mean like you guys have both said, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you kinda had to do this. Um so I mean I, I would just say just be cognizant. When when you're making these movies, just be smart about what you're marketing. Like when Saul comes out, you dealing with uh, you know, these killings being around Police shootings be very careful <laughs> like be very careful with what your marketing turns out to be heading into this movie uh, I think if you're smart, you kind of make this movie feel like the old ones where it was kind of more so individually based it wasn't like a group of people um and then let it be let it be shocking when you walk into the theater and you're like, "Whoa, this is about what um But, yeah, I mean, again, back to what I always say, marketing is very important. And I think The Hunt maybe could have marketed itself better. But, Tia, I wanted to ask you this before we wrapped up. Uh, Tia and Dom, I want to know if you guys remember this. Because I've I've been saying this now, and everyone's like, oh, what you're saying in hindsight. I said this maybe last year, that I thought Blumhouse was the best studio in all of movies. Like, their track record was, Freaking impeccable. Um, do you, any of you guys remember me saying this?
1: I don't, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: oh, Dom, do you? I,
2: I feel like at some point we referenced it because I, I think I remember saying the Blumhouse and Eight Twenty Four are my favorite, and you were saying something about Blumhouse. I just don't remember when. Oh, man,
0: because I, I, was, I was saying, like, I was just – because a lot of the movies that they've been attached to, I'm like, I didn't know that was Blumhouse. Didn't know that was Blumhouse. Didn't know that was Blumhouse. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, regardless if people think I'm just, you know, latching on or whatever, I'm still saying Blumhouse killing it. It is not getting enough recognition. Same as A24, Dom. Neither one of those companies gets enough recognition. Um, and they are, like, quietly, not really quietly, killing the game right now. <laughs> yeah. Um so, I and mean, not spending a lot of money. And not spending any money, Dom. Like, you're not spending money. And, and the thing is, their movies... Because to me, 824 and Blumhouse, like, if you're Blumhouse, you're putting out a lot of horror movies, the idea is they're not necessarily really targeting them to be huge box office hits, just something that's uh, uh, reviewed well. So, like, they can do another one and another one, and maybe it builds steam. Mm-hmm. But they're making money, and they're getting really good reviews. Same as A24. A24 is not making billions off of one movie, but it's it's, it's eating up some of that box office because they're picking great spots to put these movies out. Um, but what impressed me about A24 is they're getting Oscar recognition. Um, and, right. and that's not easy to do when you launch yourself onto the screen like A24 has. Um, but yeah, Blumhouse is, is reinventing and bringing back that horror feel, and A24 is... Secretly, not so secretly, killing the game. Um, so I want to big those two studios up as much as I possibly can because I don't feel as though enough people um, are talking about it. And it could be because they don't really know, like, oh, Blumhouse did that or A24 did that um, like they would Warner Brothers or Sony or Disney. Um, but it's up to us, this show, to keep the you know keep those two names in our mouths when we think they've done well. Um, you know, it just brings more more awareness. Have people go? What is this 824 These guys keep talking about. Like, oh wow, they did this movie. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to them because I don't think they talked about enough. So I know Dom, Blumhouse, and you are like, <laughs> like, like, like very close. Like you're paying very close attention <laughs> to the Blumhouse. Um, but I do know that you have a respect for for A twenty four. See, I don't know how closely even pay attention to Blumhouse um, specifically, or A24, but uh, a lot of movies that have come out the past few years have been from those two studios, and they've been really, really, really good. Um, So, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I was going to say is that I don't think people realize that, like, A24 comes out with some fantastic movies. I've watched movies that It'll say H24 uh, production that has been very good, but maybe people don't necessarily realize that Blumhouse does more than say your quote unquote horror movies. Like I just watched this movie on Netflix that came out a few years ago called The Keeping Hours, and while it had like a supernatural theme to it, it was like a real it wasn't a horror movie. It was it ended up being this really beautifully done movie, and it was a Blumhouse production. So I think that. When Mm -hmm. people hear Blumhouse, they only think of Halloween movie, uh, you know, Jason Voorhees and, and Michael Myers and stuff like that. But they do other things. So if you're not aware of studios like Blumhouse and A24, you're missing out on some really good film. Absolutely. And if you...
0: I think if you call yourself like a film fan and you're not familiar with those two at this moment, at, at this moment that we're currently in, um, then I would definitely have to have to check you and ask you, are you sure <laughs> you're a film buff and you don't know 824 or Blumhouse? But no, I completely agree with you. See, that's a great point. Blumhouse doesn't only do uh, your, your uh, slasher films. Um, they, they put their names on a lot of stuff that turns out to be pretty good. Um, so huge shouts out to them. Dom, make sure you you get on uh, starting The Outsiders, man, because uh, me and T oh, are yeah. doing that podcast soon. We are doing that podcast soon because I have not been creeped out this much in a long time, <laughs> since I was a kid. Um, that's how good this freaking show is. Uh, Brings me back all the way to uh, the nightmare I had where I thought I saw someone standing in my closet, like in my hoodie. Um, like that's what the outsiders makes me feel like, and like it haunts me every time I watch it. But great show, great people behind it. Shout out to Daddy Mendelson. Um, I think that's all we got for this episode. We wanted to do an episode since we didn't have one Sunday. Um, so hopefully we'll have one this up and coming Sunday. And we're me, T and Dom are going to get together to figure out when we're going to do another Geeks Against the Grain episode. We might do a little bit of changing up with that also. Um, But, yeah, guys, stay tuned. We have so much to to offer you guys. Uh, Season is coming. We just signed so many people up for so many different cons all over the globe. It's giving me a headache. Um, But we will have coverage for so many things this year, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, And I do want to say me and Tia have something super crazy planned for New York Comic-Con week this year. So stay tuned for that also. Um, But that's all we got, guys. We'll see you same time, same place, this Sunday, hopefully. So then, peace.
1: (laughs) See ya. Peace.